0: Jump back in the car with me and uh, drive down the Romans Road to see what God has in store for us today. I'm going to invite you to take your Bible or your iPad or your iPhone that has a Bible in it and pick it up high over your head and say this prayer with me as we begin. Dear Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We take this journey together down the Romans Road, knowing the destination is you. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we began our journey down this thing we simply call the Romans Road. And as we did, look at chapter 1, we came upon our first mile marker. And this first mile marker is inviting everybody who is Reading or hearing these words to ask and answer this question. Every single person at the beginning of the journey. Where do I stand with God? So I ask you that question. Where do you stand with God? Well today we've come to the second um, lesson on this very mile marker. It's chapter 2 verse 1 through chapter 3 and verse 20. And I asked the question, what is the core idea behind this second section of scripture related to this mile marker? And if you would, I'd like to use a road analogy or a travel analogy. Whenever you uh, go on a road trip, you have to pack your bags for that trip, right? And so you put in your bag the things that are appropriate for your end destination. So if you're going on a Uh, A beach trip, you might put in your bag a swimsuit and a towel and some sandals and some sunblock. But if your end destination is a skiing trip, you might want to instead put in a a big winter coat and a long underwear and and a knit hat. Now, um, it might be helpful for you to identify what kind of packer are you. I'm going to give you a chance in just a second to turn to your neighbor and uh, say whether or not you're a heavy packer or a light packer, or are you uh, one of those people that packs days in advance, or are you one of those last minute packers? Turn to your neighbor and answer those two questions. Well, I can tell you this that Randy Frazee is a last minute light packer. And my wife is not. Hair dryers, curling irons, and as a result, I almost always get to carry things in my bag that belong to her. And I do it with a smile on my face. <laughs> now, when you're on a road trip, And your road trip happens to take you into another country, you have to cross over a border. Hear me well. When you have to cross over a border into another country where you're not a citizen, the gatekeeper at the border control is going to ask you two questions. Number one, what is the purpose of your visit? And number two, what's in your bag? You see, they want to check the contents of your bag to make sure that you're not bringing anything into their country that would be harmful to their residents. And so, they check your bag. And they're checking for things like explosives and contraband or Uh, fruit and vegetables that might be contaminated or they're checking the bag to make sure you didn't try to stow away one of your farm animals in it that might be carrying a disease and if you do if they find something inappropriate in your bag you will not be allowed to enter into their country and you might even be put in jail. Well, this is what Paul is teaching us today in the section of scripture that we're studying, chapter 2, 1 through chapter 3 and verse 20. And what he's going to tell us is that the end destination of the Romans road is actually another country. In reality, it's another world altogether. If you go to the last two chapters of the book of the Bible, maybe later on today, what you'll discover in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 is a description of this brand new world that God is going to create. This is the end desired destination of the Romans road. And in these last two chapters of the Bible, we learn that God is going to create a brand new earth. And this earth will not be dying like our current earth is dying as a result of the curse all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. There'll be no more weeds. There'll be no more global warming. This is a brand new earth that God is creating. In these last two chapters of the Bible, we also learn that God, even right now, is constructing a brand new city called the New Jerusalem, John chapter 14, check it out. And in this city, he is going to have it descend out of the heavens and take up a place on this new earth. But there's even better news. The Bible tells us in these last two chapters that God himself is going to come down from the heavens and take up residence in this brand new city. This will be his primary residence. This will be his home. In this new country, in this new world, we also learn in those two chapters that in this place, there will be no more death. There will be no more illness of any kind. There will be no more tears. There will be no more anger. There will be no more greed. There will be no more selfishness. There will be no more deceit. It will not be allowed. It is a place where all of the residents of this new world, of this new city, will honor and worship God as God. And in this place, all of the residents will treat each other with complete and perfect love and respect. Everyone will be celebrated for who they are. There will be laughter out loud. Everyone will live an utterly meaningful existence in this new place forever. Does anybody want to go there? Woo! That's good stuff. But... What Paul is going to tell us today, before we can enter, God's gonna need to check our bags. To make sure that we are not trying to bring something into this new country, into this new city that would be inappropriate and that would be harmful to the way of life that God has envisioned for every one of the residents of this new kingdom. Now last week, we looked inside of the bag of the outsider. Paul called this person the outsider. You can call them a Gentile in Paul's day. It was a person, let's say, who in today's terms didn't grow up inside of the church. They didn't grow up in a Christian home. They didn't grow up around the scriptures that taught them about this God. And as a result, we got a chance to look at their lifestyle. We got a chance to look in their bag to see what was in there. And what we found for many of them was quite disgusting. Romans chapter one, just a review of last week, If you have your Bible opened up there. And we're going to look at verse 29 through 31. Verse 29. They have become filled, these outsiders, with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Wow, some of my neighbors, you know. So, the idea is that God is going to look into their bag, and we did last week, and when we opened it up, we found things like, oh, arrogance. I don't like arrogance. We found greed. We found in the bag of these outsiders deceit. And we also found, surprisingly, as the text told us, we found New evils that they are engaging in shamelessly that have yet to be named. That's how gifted they are at this way of life. We don't even have a name for what they just did. And we look into their bag and those of us on the inside, we look at their lives and we say, there's no way you are getting in. We shake our heads and take our Moral finger and we pointed into their face and say you might as well just face it now You're not getting into God's new kingdom. You're going to go straight to that other place Paul today in the passage we study is going to say to those who are on the inside Hey, dude You might want to check out the contents of your bag as well An insider in Paul's day would have been a a member of a Jewish family who went to the synagogue every Saturday and was raised around the teaching of the Old Testament scripture. And it's likely they agreed with every principle and every story that they heard. These are insiders, people who know better, people who don't shamelessly live the way of life of the outsider. Today that person would be a person who grew up in a Christian home. Last week when I asked how many of you grew up in a Christian home, the vast majority of our people on all of our serv- in all of our services said that was me. You would be considered an insider, someone who grew up in a Christian home and came to church most Sundays and had the opportunity to learn the stories of the Bible, not just the Old Testament but also the New Testament. And it's likely that many of you growing up in this situation agree with every principle <clears throat> that you were confronted with you agreed with it intellectually but this is what paul says to insiders it's a challenge chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 look at it with me you therefore insiders have no excuse you who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge the other you are condemning yourself because you pass judgment you who pass judgment do the same things Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Now the honest and defensive feedback of the insider is, okay, I admit it, I've got some junk in my bag, but I have to tell you, it is nowhere near as bad as the junk that we find in the outsider. So go ahead and check my bag, okay? Well, we will check your bag to see what kind of stuff is on the inside. What are we going to find? Oh, they're right. Mm. I found arrogance. But their argument is simply this. It's not as big as the arrogance of the people on the outside. Found some greed. Yeah, yeah, you found a little bit of greed there. But it is not as big as the greed of those on the outside. Found a little deceit. Just a little deceit. It is nowhere near as big as the deceit of those nasty Gentiles. Certainly God is going to grade on a curve. And at the end of the day, it will all work out for me. And you know, I have to tell you. That there's a lot of people who think that. There's a lot of people who really believe that because their sin is not as explosive as a person on the outside, that somehow or at the end of the day, it's going to all work out for them and God's going to grade on a curve. You need just a, you know, just like you needed to get out of high school, just need a C to get out, you know, I don't need an A, I just need a C. And the reality is that's not the way it works, it's a pass or fail. As a matter of fact, you might conclude that the kind of contaminations that exist within your own life may not be as severe as those who live it, their lives on the outside with no regard to God. But you see, the volume of sin in the bag is not the issue. Let me explain. You, you, you can just take a little bit of a contamination and stick it into a pure country and watch it grow and ultimately over years destroy that country. How many of you were here a couple of years ago when the swine flu broke out in San Antonio? There was uh, one individual that came from another place, crossed into our border, and this one little teeny tiny person brought with them the swine flu. And that small contamination in one small body spread and literally thousands of people in the United States and even in our city were contaminated with that disease. God cannot allow this even the smallest amount of contamination in the new world that he is creating because he knows that this brand of contamination will spread and it will put us right back into the same place we are in our world today where there is death and illness and greed and selfishness and arrogance of all kinds. So the insider might say, fine, that's fine, I get that. I will just take all the bad stuff out of my bag. Now you know at this point that the bag is an analogy of your own life or your heart. And your thought might be, that's okay, I'm just going to work really hard to get all the junk out of my bag just in time for that day when God checks my bag. And what Paul is trying to say to us today, listen all of you insiders to this, Paul is saying you can spend your whole life trying, but it's not going to work. Look at chapter 3 and verse 9. He, he says, what shall we conclude then? What is the conclusion then of this first mile marker? Are we any better? Are those of us on the inside really any better than those on the outside? And he says, not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Skip down to verse 20. He says, therefore, as a conclusion, no one will be declared right in his sight, God's sight, by observing the law. So we come back to this mile marker, where early on in the journey, we are being asked to answer the question, where do I stand with God? Do I have a right standing with him? The most important question as you begin this journey, and what Paul is saying to every single person that apart from God, There is no one, outsiders or insiders, who have a right standing with God. There is nobody hearing these words who has the capacity to get all of the junk out of their bag. It just won't work. So much so that Paul is going to tell us in chapter 2 that there is coming a day. There is coming a day at the end of the road where we're going to be... uh, where God's gonna check our bags, to see what is in them. If the contents of our bags, if the content of our life have anything in them, anything, no matter how big or how small, that is not appropriate for the new community that God is designing, we will not be allowed to enter in the same way we can't enter a country when we have inappropriate things in our bag. I want you to look at chapter 2 and verse 16. It speaks of this day. This will take place on the day... When God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. What Paul is saying is there is coming a day and it's going to come uh, after the return of Christ where every single person who has ever lived will stand on this thing called judgment day. It is like a humongous security checkpoint and all of our bags will be opened up even those secret little compartments where we stowed away some liquids that we didn't think they would check. And God is going to open it up, and if there is anything in our bag, regardless of whether we're an insider or an outsider that has ever been in our bag that was inappropriate, we will not be allowed to enter this place that we just described. Now that, my friend, is tough news but can I give you some good news? Would anybody like some good news after that? Can you move off of Judgment Day, Randy, and give me some good news? I want you to hear about Judgment Day, but I've got some good news for you today. At this first mile marker, early on in the book of Romans, we are being asked to address the question, where do I stand with God? And at this mile marker, Paul is saying to us that there is a little rest stop that I want you to pull over and at this rest stop there is a checkpoint and in this checkpoint God is going to offer you an opportunity for amnesty. He's going to give you an opportunity to declare now that the contents of your bag are filled with inappropriate things that will not allow you to gain entrance into his new community. That's what he's going to say to us. This is the first action step that Paul is going to invite all people, outsiders and insiders to take as we seek to go along the Roman's road which leads to a right relationship with God. Step number one, Paul says in this passage, is that in order to develop a right standing before God, step one is you must swallow your pride, you must Put aside your stubbornness, which is, by the way, why many people, let me say most people never come into a right relationship with God because they just can't do that. They just can't put aside their pride and their stubbornness. And he said, you must repent. Oh, repent. Did you have to say that word? But that's the word that's in the Bible. Don't you want me to teach the Bible? The the word repentance I know to many of you sounds like a legalistic word. The word repentance sounds like a religious word but in reality the word repentance is your first step away from religion and your first step toward a relationship with God. Please hear me, folks. I am not making this stuff up. I'm just teaching to the Bible the way it stands. This is the first step for you if you are genuinely interested in what the Bible says you need to understand in order to enter into a right relationship with God. I was first confronted with this very thing, where do I stand with God, when I was uh, 14 years old and was being taught this very passage out of the book of Romans. And the youth minister of the church sat me down one-on-one and he said, first step, Randy, is you're going to have to repent. The first step, Randy, is you're going to have to admit you are a sinner. Randy, are you admitting that you are a sinner? I didn't have parents who grew up in a church and I was very uncomfortable with this conversation and I hem-hauled around about it. Well, you know, you know, you know what I, he says, would it help you any if I told you I was a sinner? I said, yes, it helps me a lot, I'm a sinner. If you're in, I'm in. I said, this, is, this is honest to goodness, true statement. And he, and, and, and he finally got me to admit that even at the age of 14, I knew it. I just didn't want to put my pride aside and confess it that in my heart there was already by the age of 14 a kind of selfishness and conceit and deceit that really wasn't appropriate for God's new community. This week as I was studying this passage in preparation for this talk, I once again came to God and acknowledged the contents of my bag. And it was way more intense and I'll tell you why. Because the older I get, out 29 <laughs> are you laughing at me because that's like that's stuff in the bag that you can't take into the new community <laughs> alright 49 that's true at the age of 49 I've had a lot more time to do a lot more things and some of them have been good but the reality is I can't get all the junk out of my bag and the people i mistreat the most are the people i say i love the most and it makes me sick i cannot do it the second reason is is the closer i get into my relationship with god the closer i get to god and see him the bigger i see the difference between us i see his righteousness i see his holiness I see his pure goodness. And then I look at the contents of my bag and I am ashamed. This week, I didn't plan on doing it. I was so overwhelmed by what I was reading. Tears began to stroll down my face as once again I said to God, I don't want to be a poser. I don't want to be a faker to the congregation that I teach. I want them to know That even I have junk in my bag and God I want to declare before you I can't get it out and I'm so sorry but I have to tell you that that experience while it seems to be a painful experience is actually one of the most freeing experiences that one can possibly have you know why because when you come to the place where you admit the truth, that's what it says, it's based upon the truth about the contaminants in my life. When I, when I admit that, I find myself freed up from trying to earn a relationship with God. I feel freed up, and I find myself at the rock bottom. And you know what happens when people are at the rock bottom? They cry out to God for help. And I just found myself in in my own office at home saying, Dear God, I need your help. I cannot face that divine checkpoint at the end of my life when Jesus has returned with merely the contents of my own bag, even as a minister. I need help. I need you. Next week, in our study of Romans, Paul is going to move us to mile marker number two, and he's going to give us the second step of coming into a right relationship with God. In his language, the Greek language, it's the word "euangelion," which is simply the word good news. The word we use today, the gospel. But until then... I'm going to invite all of you hearing these words today to pull over to the side of the road while we're still on the early journeys of the Romans road and take God up on his offer for some divine amnesty. To simply, maybe for the very first time in your life, putting aside your pride and stubbornness or maybe a fresh... Just say to him, I admit it, that the contents in my bag are contaminated. I have explosive anger, contaminated motives. And while I'm able to hide it a lot better than a lot of other people who live it shamelessly, the reality is, if this is all that I'm relying on at the end of the day, I'm not getting in. Not even me, who's grown up in a Christian church. I'm giving you the opportunity today, if you can put aside your pride and your stubbornness, to just simply confess to God, believe me folks, it's very freeing. I can't in my own strength establish a right relationship with him. If you do that, step one today and come back next week and get step two, you're going to be, in the words of the Bible, a brand new creation, fit for a brand new creation. And all the church said,